The voluntary reaction is a safe space where known dullards gather to drink from the keg of glory or drown in the pool of despair. All opinions, takes, questions, criticisms, and insults cannot and will not be held against a speaker after a 24-hour cooling-off period. Please listen accordingly. All right, here we go. Voluntary reaction post-game programming underway as it's a final now. Tennessee has beaten Auburn 46-43 to in a game that I'm just glad somebody, anybody won in regulation because I'm not sure any of us could have stomached being subjected to five more minutes of that absolute, I don't want to say what it was because Tennessee won, so it's a W, it's beating Bruce, it's always a good thing, but my goodness. That, you know, I know there was a game against Georgetown in the Conzo era that was pretty bad. I can't remember a game, and I watched pretty much every game of the Kevin O'Neill era that was that offensive. I don't mean offensive as in put the ball in basketball. I mean offenses. I was offended by having to watch that game tonight. When you win a game shooting 27% from the field, Tennessee went 2 of 21 from three-point range and won this afternoon. I mean, it's – burn the tape, man. Burn the tape. Just put that one out of out of memory. All right, let's just get right into it. Uh, first of all, Barrett, what do you think? Was that a foul by Kamwa on the, the last three-point shot attempt by Auburn? I I didn't hear a damn whistle, so no. That's not what I uh, I would like to start by saying I'm certain that Kevin O'Neill watched this game with his pants off. Uh, hell yeah, it was a damn foul, man. Damn refs didn't want to watch any more of that slop than the rest of us did. That was a horribly, horribly officiated game. Just awful. But, yeah, I mean, who, who cares? All I know is Bruce Pearl's pissed and we got a W. Don't give a shit at the end of the year about this. I mean, it was a horribly officiated game. It was a horribly played game. It was a horribly called game by the commentators. I love the part where Josiah Jordan-James misses, like, his fifth uh, three-pointer in a row, and the guy goes, Oh, he finally misses one. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah, he was really on fire up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was rough. It was a, a rough game all around. I enjoyed it, though. I mean, it was wacky. There didn't seem to be as much. Um, you enjoyed it? Yeah. Train wreck. Do you enjoy it was like a watching colonoscopy? A, a, it, was, it was like watching a slow motion train wreck, man. The clank, I mean, that clank sound that they you, kept you, on both ends. I enjoyed that about as much as I enjoy a visit to Dr. Jellyfingers. Davey Hudson, uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Tennessee, um, we might be in an alternate universe getting ready for five more minutes of this nonsense oh, if they call that foul and we're going to overtime. Like, I, I sent you guys the text. Like, 10 minutes left. I'm like, I don't want to watch this anymore. I was to the point, like, I could take a nap and come back and do this show, and I'm not going to miss anything. That was pitiful to watch. Like, I, I, like I, I was in the con zone on that. I am happy we won. Don't get me wrong. 
but that was just I, I feel bad I, I my mom called me this morning just like checking in and stuff and she asked me like my thoughts going into the game I'm like well, it can't be worse than Florida. I was fucking wrong. It was worse than Florida. Now, the outcome was better, but I watched basketball to be entertained. I was not entertained. I am glad that we can speak freely here, but man, yay for the win. But both teams were, what, 30 of 118 combined, 5 of 48 from 3? Like, what are we doing? I, I mean, I made the joke, were they using a women's ball? Kind of like the, the Carol Lawson saying that, they used the men's ball for the first half of that game. I'm struggling. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't even really know what to say. I don't even really know what to say to put that into perspective. I guess we should give Josiah a little bit of credit. 15 points to lead the way. <laughs> to lead the way, I guess, for Tennessee, whatever that means. Five of 12 from the field, one of seven from three-point range. Um, Kamwa, Tennessee's second leading score, nine points on a very efficient four of 16 from the field. God, he looked terrible today. To be fair, after he started out 0 of 5, he finished the game 4 of 11. They were bound to determine to do that. I, I thought we looked better, like, when it – when we, I, is when they, they got to give a walk of more minutes, man. Mike Morgan kept calling him, uh, what was it he called him the whole game? Akawa. Akawa, yeah. Serio Ak- Akawa, the Japanese <laughs> film director. <laughs> How damn hard is a waka? I don't know why they had that crew on it. Robbie Hummel's a Big Ten guy. So, I, and then I'd never heard of Mike Morgan. Things are getting shifty up wow. there at Purdue. I'll see Zach Eady go crazy on somebody. Wow. Well, that was, let's just bring some speak. Yeah. How mad do you think Bruce is right now? It was pretty cool to see him blow a gasket like that afterwards. They wouldn't have hit the free throws. So that's what, yeah. I, well, it was yeah. green, wasn't Fucking it? Fucking green. Hell yeah. He would have hit him. He, he would have missed one. Last second shot or not been able to get the damn ball in. I thought for sure. We were getting ready to get the screw job. I mean, Davey, he he would have missed one, and they would have done the old <laughs> Allen Houston Corey Allen yeah. tip in to win it. My, uh, I mean, my frustration outside of just the poor shooting across the board was, I mean, it shot below sixty percent at the free throw line. And you can't do that in these types of games. Like uh, it's just, if you're not going to get to fifty, you got to at least make it count when it's free. Oh, for sure. that was so the one thing. Uh, that Awaka did that he, he can't do is that Awaka had a chance to ice the game. He hits those two free throws and we go to eight right there. He's yeah, one. He's one. All he has to do is hit yeah. one. Bricked them both, but, you know, I chalked that more up to, you know, he's a green freshman, a big moment, and he just bricked a couple. I'll hear that sound in my sleep tonight, though. Doink. They had that moment around I think the six minute mark where it was 38 to 30 and we got Kamwa loose right at the rim the defender had fallen down he's he's literally right at the rim with nobody guarding him a free layup and he missed it and then Auburn comes down and hits a two so it was a four-point swing which in a game like this is like huge and it goes from being like 40 to 30 with pretty much the game in hand at that point to 
um, 38-32, and they were able to keep it yeah. pretty tight the rest of the I way. I mean, I wondered if this if this had a chance to uh, – I, I did give it a thought. It had a chance to get really ugly score-wise because once I fig- saw that stat yesterday, they're the – you know, Auburn's really good at defending the three. They're number seven in the nation. And, uh, you know, we're good. Well, let's just all be glad it's <laughs> over. We do have to watch these two teams play again here in a couple of weeks. I believe that's the regular season finale down on the plane. Oh, you know, they'll be charged up for that one down there. Yeah, there'll be a lot of fun. We lose this game if we play on the road today. Yeah, I think that's we definitely get that no call at the end. Do you think? I mean, do either one of you guys think if we're anywhere other than Thompson Bowling that they don't call that a foul? I don't. I mean, let's let's look at it like this. They they viewed Euros as tech. That was a tech based on reputation. Anyway, they think because it was it was green. Did Green get the flop or did Johnson get the flop earlier? Because if you're thinking it's it's green, you're thinking he's probably just flopping again. If you're that ref and you maybe don't have the best, well, that was it. a foul too. Ziegler got him on the hand. Yeah, he, he, I don't they, they give called... a shit. He, he kicked his legs. Fuck him and 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 Reggie Miller and that kid from from freaking Purdue. Reggie Miller, yeah, he was when he started it. Carson Edwards. Reggie Miller right. was the well, godfather of that move. We'll start with some random guy. Good afternoon, Randall. What's up, Jeff? Lead us off. Hey, uh, that was the uh, that was the most painful Tennessee game to watch since that shit fest at Madison Square Garden last year with uh, Texas Tech. It's a good point. I mean, we could do this all day, right? I mean, there we've been involved in some stinkers through the Texas Tech Maryland earlier this year. Um, we've just been in a lot of those through the years, but. but- it's nice to win. Yeah, one, well, no, I suppose. Yeah, it's a hey, winning. <laughs> winning always beats losing. How? And I mean, so look, you know, we can. We we've got to figure some things out offensively, and and we know that the the one thing that the announcers said during the game that was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Is you know, Barnes has said repeatedly, we're a defensive team. We're 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 going to play this style. Um, yeah, I don't think he wanted to shoot 28% or whatever the hell it was we shot for the game. But, uh, you know, um, Auburn's not a slouch team. And, and for us to hold him to, what did we hold him to, 41, 42? What was it? What was the final? 44, 41, 45, 46, 43. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I, was, I, I know it was right in there. I mean, holding, holding that Auburn team to 43 is, it. I mean, look, sometimes teams can't shoot and sometimes it comes down to defense. So I'm going to give us a little bit of a head nod there for the defense. Um, and you know what? We're playing some some bad basketball right now, but kind of seems like it's going around. Kansas can't get out of their freaking way. Virginia lost today. Purdue's not playing well to start against Indiana. I mean, I think it's just everybody's got the – the late January, early February, middle of the conference season doldrums. It looks like it's all across the country this week. I, nobody really looks good right now. Uh, nobody looks dominant, at least, may outside of Purdue, unless they lose today. So, uh, you know, wins a win's a win. Good to see uh, Bruce Pearl leaving as a loser again. 
Um, seems like we've maybe got that off our backs. So. What what is Rick up to seven and five against Bruce at Tennessee? I think it's something like that. Yeah, that's that's, that's a lot better. That feels a lot better than where it was coming into the game last year. Yeah, I mean, what what is that three in a row over Auburn now? I think it's just two, but two. Yeah, well, two. It'll be. That's a streak. Hey, hey, you know what? We won today. If we win again tomorrow, that's a winning streak. Hey. Got a guy on, too, about some white walls. I'm going to have to let you guys go on to the next caller. Y'all have a good one. Uh, thanks, Rando. Appreciate it. He makes a good point. I mean, there are no dominant teams in college basketball, and you well, don't want to be peaking in February. You don't. And I'm not saying that – I guess if I look at all these other teams, I mean, you're going to have losses. It's college basketball. You go back over the last several years, a majority of the national champions even have five or more losses. So, like, it's you're going to have those losses. It's just great that you're able to get a win like that. But the problem that we know for right now is Tennessee can't play offense. And if that remains to be the case, like, we, we know what's going to ultimately happen. And on top of that, it's – it's like it's one thing if you're losing, but you're at least having some games that are really fun and they're high scoring. I mean, we talk about this with the, at least from the football standpoint. But whenever you can't get over fifty in the game of Division One college basketball, it can be problematic. And yeah, we held on today, but I mean, again, that's thankful for a few things to to make it be that way in the end. So I just I, I got to figure figure out what are we going to do offensively. I mean, how are they going to kind of get this the slump and get over it. I think one of the, one of the things that's frustrating, it's interesting to me. And I I hope I'm actually hopeful that we can get this sorted out and figured out here over the course of the, the end of the regular season is, you know, we, we made a big kind of philosophical, philosophical shift, I think with the lineup once triple J came back and we started him at the four and, you know, we had been starting Urosh and Kamwa together, and now we're playing, you know, small ball for the most part. And once we made that switch, like, it just doesn't feel like Rick has been able to iron out his rotations. Like, it changes from game to game and within games, and you just don't know who's going to be out. Like, we had a Waka out there in crunch time today. And maybe that's the way it ends up. Maybe that's our best lineup, but you just get the feeling that like they don't know right now. I'm talking about the coaching staff. Like they don't know who to play when, and they're just sort of trying to figure that out. Now, you know, hopefully they like the key is you got to be able to figure it out and you can't be experimenting come tournament time. So, but it, it, it just feels to me like they're kind of mixing and matching. It's like, okay, this isn't working. Let's try this. And it's like, you got to get into that pattern, right? Where yeah. these are your starters. This this is the first guy off the bench. This is the second guy. This is how long they play. And this is who you've got on the floor at the end of the games and stuff like that. And it just feels like we have no idea what those combinations are right now. I do want Euros back in the starting lineup. I, you know, I, I said that at halftime, Davey. It felt like Tennessee had no juice. There was no juice on the court. There was no juice in the stands to start the game. And then he came in, and he didn't set the world on fire. He's not a great player, right? But yeah. the one thing he does is bring energy, and it got the crowd going. It got the team going. And I do just wonder if, like, having him out there to start the game gets everybody, uh, his teammates, fired up. And it also, like, takes all the – he just absorbs all that attention, right? And I feel like 
for guys like Vescovy, who doesn't appear comfortable in the spotlight, if that light takes some pressure off of him. Yeah, I mean, that was like one of the calling cards at the beginning of SEC play was we're getting out to these really good runs to start the game. And against Florida, they got a big run on us early. Uh, they did, Texas was, it was like a little half and half, but I mean, it, that was another low scoring affair early on. And then today, what was it? 10 to two at one point before we went on our run. So yeah, the, the, the they don't have any juice out, out at the beginning for the last three or four games. And I mean, I, I, it's my opinion. I think a lot of that has to go with when they did make that change with the starting lineup. Let's get TriStar in here next. We get things moving again. What's up, TriStar? There, there we go. What's up, gentlemen? Hey, man, how's it going? Uh, good. That was that the biggest shit show of a basketball game you've ever seen for either team? Because I was in an all, I was in a space where it's Tennessee and Auburn fans, and we were just sitting there just laughing, like, oh, "What is this?" That's not even. I mean, it's 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 definitely a top ten show, but I mean, it's like Russell said earlier, we. We sit here all day. I could, you know, if I if we really tried, especially those of us that lived through uh, the Wade Houston years, can, <laughs> can definitely name off some ones that stunk just as bad. I'm telling you, it was like a, there was a story. Uh, it was Tennessee girls high school basketball as a tournament, I think. And it was a, a reason I know is because I remember the teams. It's like 2010, I think. It was Smyrna High School and River Riverdale High School out in like the Murfreesboro, Nashville area. And there was a thing where apparently the team that lost actually ended up with a better situation. So both teams were intentionally missing baskets and trying to make it into other baskets. Or if they fouled and got to the free throw line, they'd shoot it literally over the the over the glass. I mean, it was just brutal. And well, it's a it's a really good sign when you're referencing that game as a comparison to what we saw today, TriStar. Well, I, that's what it made me think of. And I, <laughs> it was kind of like one of those situations of, hey, I don't want to win. You win. No, I don't want to win. You win. That's what it felt like. That's what we were sitting there saying. And I'm just thinking, man, come on. I, both of y'all are better than this. I mean, to only shoot 27% and still win? My God. I mean, I, I just don't know. <laughs> it, could I'm have speechless. Been worse, man. We could it could have been worse. Shoot, I almost wanted Auburn, it to be. What did Auburn I almost, shoot, Star? Hold yeah, on. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you, it could have been worse. We could have shot 23% and gotten beat yeah. in our own building by a team that shot 27%. Yeah, true. But I'll tell you this. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if y'all have ever played uh, any basketball games on, on, on like PlayStation, but I almost wanted to, to happen like with me and my buddies, like where we just inbound it right there at the full court, at the, at the back of the court and just chuck it up like a full court shot every shot. That's how, like, I was like, I'd rather watch that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let y'all bring other people up here, man, so they can, uh, get their therapy session over with. Y'all have a good one. Go big orange. Thank you, TriStar. Appreciate it, my friend. I've gotten some comments. I just want to say, like, I'm not upset that we won. I'm just frustrated I had to watch it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's If you told me before the game, hey, Tennessee's going to win. You're going to beat Auburn, Bruce Pearl, and Knoxville. You think you're going to be ecstatic, right? And I don't know how you're ecstatic. I mean, I'm glad that Tennessee won. It 
you know, but I can't say that it feels good. It's weird. It does put you solely in second place right now for the SEC standings and keeps you in the running with Alabama. But um, I don't know a world where you're able to hold Alabama under 50. Well, we'll cross that at least uh, to. <laughs> at least you got a manageable midweek game, Vanderbilt at Nashville. Won't be a cakewalk, but the next time Jerry Stackhouse beats Rick Barnes will be the first. So history should be on Tennessee's side there. And then you're back in the arena a week from tonight against Missouri, who's, I mean, you talk about the opposite of today. They're fun to watch, man. I mean, they play, they're one of the few teams in college basketball that truly plays a 90 foot game and shoots it pretty well and gets after it defensively. So uh, the effort we saw today might be good enough to win Wednesday night against Vandy and Nashville. I don't think it'll be good enough to win a week from day, today against Mizzou. Tennessee's going to have to pick it up. Yeah, I, the thing that worries me about that game is, is again, we see, you know, like at, at the end of the game today, um, we lack ball handlers. I mean, other than Zakai, it's like they all panic. They don't, they don't want to even try and – start to dribble the damn ball. Did you feel like Auburn was on the verge of some sort of bench violation there when Santi turned it over right there on the sideline? It felt like, I mean, they should have been, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if it was F and Pearl, but uh, I thought I, one of the, one of the Auburn assistants players. Yeah. They were all out on the floor and I really felt like Santi got shoved into their damn bench. But again, that goes back to, that was a really wacky officiated game. I thought he got pushed initially, but after seeing the replay, I, I thought they got it right there. Let's get Jake in here. What's up, Jake? Guys, first things first, we got to give a shout out to one of our sponsors over at Fan Run Radio, FanDuel. About halfway through the second half, I was just curious. I was like, Jesus, I wonder what the live over-under is on this. And it was at 105 and a half. I said, yeah, we're... We're putting a hundo on that. So, shout out to FanDuel. Y'all are buying dinner tonight. If you nice. don't have a FanDuel account, sign up with promo code DRIVE1. Must be 21 and older and present in Tennessee. <laughs> First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Enough of that. So, guys, that, without a doubt, I think we can all three agree. That was the worst college basketball game I think any of us have ever watched. And we it got was, away with one at the end because the referee said, no, I don't want to deal with this anymore. That Georgetown game was worse, but. I'm sure there will be some of the beat writers that, you know, it's their job will go back and comb through the annals of Tennessee basketball history and give us, you know, the top five or so lowest scoring games. Uh, I think the Georgetown game might have it beat, but not by oh. much. What was that one? 4638 or something? They're, they're both in the 30s on that. Uh, this is Tennessee and Auburn combined for 89 points, at least between two ranked SEC teams in the shot clock era. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the shot clock era. When the when the words shot clock era are uttered as the stat, you know it's bad. Yeah, when they started making teams play offense rather than just stall ball. Wow. Jake on Jake on November thirtieth, two thousand and twelve, Georgetown beat Tennessee thirty-seven to thirty-six in the SEC Big East Challenge. Say that again, Dave. 
back on November 30th, 2012, Georgetown beat Tennessee 37 to 36. God. That was the worst game I had ever seen from a standpoint of watching the balls. And I don't think a lot that. of people remember that, Davey, just for the simple fact that we were not playing on a high level back then. That might be why a lot of people have completely tuned that out because, I mean, that was Conzo's uh, second to last year, I believe. That's, that's when the that's when Conzo's seat got warmed up. Was that's that the, the um, was that John Thompson the third, or was would that be the Craig Eshrick era of Georgetown basketball? I don't think Thompson was still there. I thought uh, his son. Did it go straight? For, I thought they had a guy in between. Yeah, it was Craig Eshrick was there. Okay, in the we played him in the NIT game in the. Uh, well, that might have been Buzzball. Um, and then John Thompson III was there. And Ewing manages to keep that job based off name recognition, even though he's terrible. Skyler McBee led the way for the Vols with eight points. <laughs> Today's game's fourth all-time between ranked teams. Number one in the SEC. That's what the stat was. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, what else can you say? That game was hard to watch, but we won. Against Georgetown, Vols were three of 11 from the free throw line. It's almost impossible. <laughs> three of 11. Danny boy. Yep. Tennessee football scored 46 plus points six times during the 2022 season. You want Heupel to come in and work with the team, don't you, Russ? Isn't that your theory? Yeah. Hire Josh Heupel to Moonlight. $9 million is a lot of money, man. I mean, the least he can do is, like, you know, an hour a day, just scheming some things up, see if he can get Hyatt open for a three-pointer, you know, maybe give it to Fant, something like that, get him a shot at the rim. Um, we got to do something. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you. I'm only half kidding, you know. Let's get Frank in here next. What's up, Frank? Hey, everybody. You know, I'm not going to be as, I don't want to use the word negative, but I don't want to be as down about this game. We didn't play our best. Probably stole it. And I agree with the guy who said we would have lost had we been in Auburn. At the same time, this isn't a game we really needed to win. Um. And I also just love the people who hate Tennessee that I saw on Facebook this week. They were like, oh, you choked at Florida, which means, haha, you choke every March. I'm like, isn't that just the opposite of what that means? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you can struggle now. I mean, I enjoyed it. Okay, here's why I enjoyed it, this game. is it the it, When Plavi, I'm called Plavich Plavi just because that's my nickname for him. When he gets pissed off, somebody flips his switch and he turns to monster mode and the coach is like reaching up to him, you know, and yelling at him to calm down. But I noticed today, like I've noticed on a few games that the whole team gets pissed off. Like friend of my own mind, Vescovy, I noticed he got pissed off. Then everybody got pissed off and then they didn't, they weren't pissed off this whole game. But if you notice where they were l losing, and then they pounded it for the next few minutes, and we took the lead. And then it was only towards the end where we got three points ahead 
that I thought we were letting out a lot of, I don't know what that was. But, so while I don't think this was our best game, we pretty much stole the win. And I think the reason that we won it is because of all that shit with Plavi in the beginning. When he gets pissed off, this team plays pissed off. And I love it, man. That's why I don't, that's why I didn't hate this game. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, like I said earlier, it's February 4th. We got a long way to go, man, and a lot of improvement that needs to be made, but we've got plenty of time to, to figure it out. There's a lot of questions that got to be answered right now, but you just got to keep figuring out ways to win games while you address those questions. For sure, for sure. All right, well, so I had one more point. Um, this was, if you were watching on ESPN, they had a minute or two where they kept the camera on Bruce Pearl. And I know we're supposed to have animosity about him. And the fact that he cheated, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to scream cheater. That taints him a little bit in my book. But I don't, I don't hate him. And here's why. Because the announcers said the truth. They said in the modern day basketball, he... Bruce Pearl brought Tennessee back to relevance. Now, that, that doesn't mean that Rick Barnes hasn't done his part. But if you remember when he stormed through the mess halls in the dorms with his chest painted and got crazy and got up on the tables, that fired people up. And he was able to build on that. And he's very good at it. He's doing the same thing at Auburn. Um, he's probably mellowed a little bit, seems like. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I agree with the announcers, and I even Balls tweeted it that um, I agree with what they say. He's largely responsible for the environment that we have now at Thompson Bowling. It's one of the best in the country. Sure, he woke up the sleeping giant. There's no doubt about it, and uh, you can you can still have love for him and appreciate those days while wanting to beat his brains out now that he is the head coach at Auburn. I think that's where most fans are. There's a small, small, sad minority of fans today, Bear, who were pulling for Auburn and a little bit upset, a little, little conflicted this afternoon. They know who they are. We don't have to name names. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it. Let's keep things rolling here. Get Jason in here next. Guys, I'm already at that point. It's 4.48 in the afternoon. I feel like I'm already at that part where it's like the midweek games where it's 11 at night and I'm sleepy and I'm just talking to talk. Like people ask me something. I didn't really hear what they were saying. And I just start blabbering to some, you know, nonsensical sports. Well, it's a good thing we won. I feel like I'm already there. <laughs> We've only been doing it for like 20 minutes. I'm just buying time till the Duke UNC game. Yeah. I see you guys are at the same point, too. All right, well, keep going here. Uh, Jason is next. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys. Uh, Tennessee uh, in yes. 1973 won the lowest scoring game, I believe, in college basketball history. They beat the Temple Owls 11-6. to and I got to say, I would have rather watched that one. Bear, do you know the story behind that? It was part of, they called it the Big Orange Classic. It was like a, one of a preseason tournament or something that we hosted. 
pre-shot clock era, and both teams were just holding the ball, the story goes, like just for minutes at a time. Yeah, the stall ball game. Dribble at midcourt. Yeah. The old four corners. Yeah, I mean, that's that was wasn't done a lot back in those days, but um, I guess what's the most famous one is in the NC State game. In the uh, was that the tournament finals, Davy? Way back in the day, I'll have to look it up. Maybe, now, maybe Indiana, but yeah, I mean it. Team, it was. Uh, you saw how quick it changed too. That's what led to the shot clock, and it's, I mean it was just maddening. Even as a small child, it was just boring. You sit and watch while they pass the ball around. So. We, we know that, that, you know, those two teams guard the three very well. But, man, there was some, some good looks all day long, and neither one of those two sure. teams shot the ball well at all. And, you know, I mean, yeah, both teams played, you know, covered the three very well. But, man, we, what do we do? I mean, where do we turn now? I mean, if you're – The thing that's today, funny, guys – The thing that's funny to me, guys, is Vescovy, we made two threes today. Vescovy was one of six. Josiah was one of seven. And like Jason said, I feel like a lot of those, uh, like 90% of them were, were pretty good looks for a college basketball game. You, you pop, you get open, and they take the shot. And I feel like the two makes, the one by Josiah the first half, was pretty well covered. And then, obviously, the Vescovy one, he gets fouled, and it goes in. Like, I mean, it's just so ridiculous Josiah looks so good shooting the ball it's like picture perfect just the way you teach it he doesn't shoot it if he's covered very much it's usually an open look and it never goes in <laughs> yeah I doubt I doubt you'll find the stat for this but I, I don't know if a team's ever made 50 or been fouled on 50 percent of their makes from three point <laughs> <laughs> nice. well I mean if you're Rick Barnes I mean what do you do what, where do you turn to get some offensive production? Davies uh, in favor of shaking up the starting lineup, getting Urosh back in there. And but the big problem today was the lack of. And again, I mean, we I harp on this a lot, and it's what you're going to need come March. But your guards have to be able to put up some points yeah. for you. And the yeah. first half, Z and Scobie didn't have any points. Combined, zero for seven from the field in the first half. And, I mean, Ziegler, I mean, he was getting a couple of assists, but it's hard to get assists whenever you throw it down there and the guys miss it. Kamwa couldn't do anything. I thought they kept trying to play through him whenever they needed to just go ahead and rotate throughout the bench. But, I mean, I, I, I know Barnes isn't going to put anybody in there that can't hold their own on the defensive side of the ball, but I, who, I really don't who know. Who would your start five be, Davey? What I would do is I would have Ziegler at one, Scovie at two, James at three, Comwatt at four, and Plasma right. at five. Yeah, that's a good five there. And then what I'd probably do is bring Euros out and actually put in Phillips. 
Phillips has done a really good job defensively. I know he's not taking over on the offensive side of the ball, but if you kind of look at some of the advanced metrics, he's locking his guy down for the most part. And I, I, I would like to see them try and get him involved more. They tried to isolate him a couple of times on the block, let him get like a mid-range shot. Um, they did the same thing with James. Like I, I feel like that, that's where those two guys need to eat. And if they could do that, and the, the one thing that this team continues to do well at, and we need to continue to play at least right now, through the bigs, um, it's just, I mean, we're getting the shots up and we're at least getting offensive rebounds and creating more opportunities. I mean, I think we uh, beat Auburn today 10-0 to in second-chance points, and, I mean, that was the difference. Yeah, well, we got to get it figured out. Um, but I'm going to step out of the way and uh, let some other folks get in here. But, hey, big shout-out to Jake for that live read. For FanDuel, that was pretty amazing. So, so Russ, I mean, fast. I think you need to, Russ, I need to thank you. You know, you need to go ahead and get uh, a big shout out to National RX. Oh, we'll we'll do that for sure. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah, there's uh, a savvy bet for sure. Taking the under on like 105 or whatever it was, it's easy money. You know, one name probably would have been safe even about, if it went to overtime. One name, one guy we haven't talked a whole lot about yet is Adu. He. He got uh yes. <laughs> you rebounded well. Yeah. There was a moment there where he, I don't know how it, you know, you were you've talked the past week or so about you know when we go two bigs, but when you've got to do Implosvich in there and you're playing somebody who's got a fairly athletic four, it kind of exposes uh Jonas doesn't do real good out on the perimeter guarding a really athletic four. No, most of his blocks are also coming over on the help. Uh, the big thing for me with do you feel, and again, like I know he gets some blocks and he gets some rebounds, but if he gets in a one-on-one situation, do you feel like he plays scared? You talk about defensively or? Offense. Both, uh, offensively or defensively. Because, I, I mean, defensively, I feel like he gets in, put in situations where he doesn't know what he wants to do, where he's like, am I going to try to force my guy back uh, to his weak side or am I going to try to push him to the middle? I, I just feel like he's always kind of late to make that decision or at least try to put his guy uh, where he doesn't want to go. I, I personally think it, it's not just him. And uh, I mean, it's not really a knock on Barnes, but sometimes Barnes's guys play like that, like tight. I would describe it more as tight rather than scared. Gotcha. That, that's fair. You know who does the best, though, in the post defensively manning up against their guy? Probably Zeke. Awaka. It's Awaka, yeah. I like watching him play down there. He does a really good job. I think he's going to continue to get more minutes. And if he's at least crashing the board and he's not going to put up shots like we've seen where, and again, like we talk about consistency with Kamwa trying to shoot like he did. Euros isn't exactly going to be consistent even off, off the block. I just, I want a guy that, He's only going to take a shot if he knows, like, hey, I actually have a decent chance of making this. I feel like they're just throwing it up half the time. In other news, gentlemen, we did shoot down the Chinese spy balloon during the game. So at least one shot connected this afternoon. But it only took them 18 hours. Got it over uh, Myrtle Beach. They waited until it got out over the Atlantic. Nobody lives in the middle of the country. They had plenty of opportunities. I don't know. I think about weird stuff 
what if that thing had something on it that if it crashed into the ground and busted open would be bad? Yeah, I don't have COVID two point I don't have a problem with them waiting till it go, got over the. I mean, I don't know that I would have had a problem with them. Like, what the hell are we gonna do once we shoot it down? Like, as you examine it, see what see what's on there. But uh, apparently, there's there's another one too over Latin America right now. So Chinese just have these balloons floating all over the damn planet. Chaps did it back in World War II. It would like the day and age in the day and age of satellites, the internet, um, hypersonic aircraft. Micro- yeah, microchips, artificial intelligence. Like, why are we using damn balloons? Like, what what's going on here? Bring back the Zeppelin. <laughs> you don't see blimps anymore. Yeah, one, one incident kind of ruined it for everyone. Oh, the humanity. That's what I was saying. I was watching this game come down the stretch today. Let's get Matthew in here. What's up, Matthew? Hey, can you hear me? Hey, we got you, man. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> for those keeping score at home, last time we talked on here, I said you're not going to win many games shooting under 28% from the field, and yet we shot 27% and won the game. Yeah. Yeah, you, go figure, you know. Shoot worse than we did against Florida and win. I mean, surely it, at some point the shots are going to start to fall because, you know, to our good friend Charlie Collier said, Tennessee is one of the better teams at being able to find clean, open looks. And Jason made a great look. I mean, he made a great opinion earlier. I mean, some of the looks today were wide open looks and just they're not falling right now. Same. Yeah, I mean, that was the same story against Florida. I, I, I think it, you know, I'm, I'm sure if, you know, basketball coaches were list, are listening to us, they're thinking, oh, these high school Harry's talking about who they should start and what the rotation should be but I mean I really do think that that is a big issue right now with the offense is just there's chemistry issue and and there's rotation issues and like the guys don't know what to expect the coaches don't really know what buttons to push I feel like that like I just can't imagine that that will be the case for the rest of the year I feel like eventually they will settle into some sort of groove and no we're never we're not going to be scoring 80 points a game I don't think but I can't imagine that we're going to see more games like this the rest of the way. If we do, we're not going to be along around much for postseason play. But I, I do believe that they will figure out a rhythm as far as their rotations are concerned and start playing better offensively. Well, what's interesting is our good friend Billy Stats has made the point. We don't really – I mean, we have Zakai Ziegler, who's, who's been very serviceable as a point guard, but – I think you said it earlier, Russell, is that we just we just don't really have the guards that can move the ball. Like we don't have like multiple guards that we can utilize to when Sakai's in foul trouble or Sakai gets like is having a rough a rough night like he did with three turnovers. We can't really turn to anyone to take some of that pressure off him. Right? And that's really interesting because Coach Barnes has a, a huge history of being able to bring in point guards. Uh, whether it was at Texas or Tennessee, and we've usually had really good point guards, and all you have right now is the Kaiser and that you went zero for three with uh, Yuri Collins and uh, the other kid from LSU that ended up going to Georgetown, and then Tyrese Hunter to Texas. So it's, I mean, all we can do is just kind of hope that eventually, you know, your boy. I mean, 
all we can do is hope that eventually Barnes sees through it that he's got to play BJ Edwards. I mean, I'm not in there in the in the practice room. I can't see what's going on, but at some point you got to have you got to have point guard depth. Yeah, I mean, I was just sitting here listening to you thinking, yeah, I'm sure if Barnes had it to do over again, he would have brought in another point guard because it does feel like we're one short this year. And then I was like, oh, we got freaking BJ, like a four-star top 100 player sitting there on the bench, not even playing the position he was presumably recruited to play. I don't believe he would have come here if they said, yeah, we're going to play you on the wing. But like, and I don't think that he's a huge answer. I don't think that he would be playing the Ziegler role from last year where he's on the floor at the end. But I feel like if they had just said, look, you're going to be the backup point guard. You're not going to play a ton. You play like 10 minutes a game. You're going to give Ziegler a blow midway through each half. And that's going to be your role. He might not have been ready at the beginning of the season, but I bet you he'd be ready by now to take on those minutes. And it's too late to start playing him there now because we're so close to the end here. Um, I don't know, well, man. It's, to it's, that point, for those that are like, oh, we should play Freddie Dillion. Freddie Dillion, first off, plays the two. He's not going to get – he's not – we're not burning that red shirt for another two. I mean, it is what it is. And then at the same time, like, I mean, this rotation with Tyreek Key off the bench, it seems to be fine with with Zakai, Zakai Ziegler coming in. I think this has been a much improved Zakai Ziegler. Tonight doesn't show it, but, I mean, I just at some point, the shots will start falling because as Jason said, there were some really strong looks, but I mean, you just got to keep playing through it. The one thing I'll hang up and give you back the time is the three throws guys that 58% from the field uh, at the line today is just unacceptable. We've got to get better at that. Thanks guys. Thank you, Matthew. Is it just me or did was Plavsic his first, three years here like not a good free throw shooter but a decent free throw shooter because he's become just terrible I mean, he, he wasn't as bad as he as he is now i don't know that i would ever call him like automatic or anything but i mean he's reaching shack levels of uh free throw futility. yeah exactly that's what i was looking for futility yeah i mean he's just not very good um there's that one play where he got fouled really hard under the basket. And I'm thinking, okay, like just he, he he's due to make one, just like, just make one. And of course he doesn't. He's just not even close, man. No. Which is weird because like, he's actually developed a pretty soft touch around the rim. Like he, if he gets the ball down low, and one-on-one coverage, it's going in. You know, if he could get his shot up quickly, it's it's typically going in. It's when he puts the ball on the floor and draws a double team that he gets hammered and goes to the line and misses his free throws. Yeah. The wasted possessions. But, like, you throw it down to him, if he's got a smaller guy on him and he can get his shot up quickly, I mean, I feel like that's a 70%, 80% shot. Here we go, guys. So, uh, freshman year – or. His first year at Tennessee, nineteen twenty, he was ten of fifteen for sixty six percent. Twenty twenty to twenty twenty one, four of ten for forty percent. Twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, thirty of fifty four, fifty five point six percent. 
Yeah. And then this year, I don't know if it includes today, but he's 12 of 30, which is 40%. Yeah, so not great. Not great, Bob. No, because, I mean, people are just, like you said, they're going to, once they get him double-teamed, they hammer him, send him to the line. It's a waste of possession. It's a good trade-off for, you know, one foul. Court is next. Hello, Court. What's up, guys? Um, How's it going? Good, I guess. We won. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just I was ready to get it over with pretty much. And, um, I, I don't know, man. It's just it's rough. Uh, Euros' free throws are god-awful. We're talking about it. Uh, shit, I don't know. I lost all pretty much the loss for word. This is the most lost feeling win I've ever been a part of, or not a part of, <laughs> you know, been a fan of. But and here, here's the other thing that's weird about today is that you know, the the pearl, the pearlites, the brucifers, the brucifarians out there, pearl you know, who would be using this as an opportunity. Like, not only did they lose, but you can't even, they can't even come in here and talk about what a more entertaining style he plays because as badly as Tennessee played, they obviously played worse. Like, Bruce Pearl was a part of this game, too. <laughs> and his team came out on the short end. I don't know. It's just weird. Hey, man, how about uh, Taven Jackson's brother uh, dominating Purdue? They scored 50 on the number one team in the country in the first Is half. Is that his today. brother? Yep. Man, at least it's something. It's decent basketball to watch. Who's got the sound up on their TV? Turn it down, Court. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know. I'm pretty, like I said, I'm at a loss for words. Um, Free throws are obviously a big deal. I mean, if we hit, if Awaka hits his free throws, probably game over we don't have to talk about the flop call at the end that Auburn fans have been giving me hail about on Twitter just make one of those free throws and it's probably easy we probably got lucky on that uh, five second no call oh yeah as that, well that was bad I, I just it, it was really bad at the end but they also had a no call on Vescovy when he got pushed out of bounds in my opinion and they gave him another possession so it was not a greatly officiated game, but I don't think anybody's giving it back. So, <laughs> like you said to start this off, though, man, just just burn the tape. <laughs> that was that was awful. Uh, hope I mean, hopefully we come out against Vandy and you know just play a semi-decent brand of basketball. But I mean. Five combined three points. I want to hold your breath. I mean, I, I, I go like, what do you guys think? I, I think Vanderbilt Wednesday night is going to be another ugly one. You just got to f- figure out a way to win and hope you figure something out as far as these rotations go. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, they won today, but for what I've seen of Vandy fans, they're all they're tired of Stackhouse, and Stackhouse doesn't respect his players. He ain't going anywhere. Hell no, he's. I'm glad for it too. And they're showing the highlights of our game on ESPN right now. There was next highlights. Time, yeah, the, <laughs> exactly. The next, the lowlights, if you will. The next 
time you guys see the end of that, everybody will watch Bruce go crazy. I, watch uh, Stephen Effing Pearl just pitching an absolute fit. Looks like LeBron at the end I of was that just, game against the Celtics in Boston. Yeah, I was just watching it. They just showed it. It was hilarious. I'm going to rewind it and watch it again. Yeah, he deserves it. Stephen Epping Pearl, the pride of West High School. Good stuff, Court. Anything else? Uh, no. I, I don't know. It's bad, but we won, so go balls. Thank you, Court. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's um, good. That uh, Trace Jackson Davis um, is, I think they have the same mom. The basketball player's dad is former Indiana Pacer Dale Davis. You remember him back. He, Dale Davis wasn't afraid to knock a skull. Classic 90s basketball player. Dale Davis, Rick Smits, Antonio Davis, Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson. 90s Pacers were uh, good times, as I recall. A little bit before my air. Oh, you don't know what you missed out on, Davey. Brad in Nashville is next. What's up, Brad? Chewy, man. That game was straight out of the con zone. That was terrible. It's like getting in Doc Brown's time machine and going back in time eight years or so ago. <laughs> right, man. I never thought I'd be watching a basketball game and wishing for baseball season for some excitement, but that that's where we're at, so... I don't know. We gotta we gotta figure something out to get some kind of flow on offense because it just looks like everyone's running around lost out there. There's no direction to it or anything. Everyone just dribbles around until it's time to chuck it up near the end of the shot clock, brick, and uh, go play defense. Which thank God we're good at. But holy crap, that was an ugly game. Yeah, I mean, again, like I don't recall many possessions where. It was late in the shot clock, and we had to force one. I, I mean, it happened once or twice, but it's a lot of good looks, a lot of good offense that's, you know, creating open shots, and they're just not going down. And I'm not just talking about open threes and mid-range, like point blank layups that are just – it's like, how do you miss that? Uh, I mean, several times, just tip-ins, layups, uh, you know, come on, Mr. Dunk. Like, he got fouled, but still – I. I it was, it was bizarre. It was like there was some sort of force in the building that was contagious as to making both teams miss shots. It, it defies statistics. Like, you, you figure that just by sheer luck, some of that crap's going to go in. But I don't know. They, t- today just wasn't going to happen. So I guess an ugly W is better than a pretty L. But, God, not by much. Um, and if... <laughs> If Uros can't do any better for the free throw line than that, he needs to start trying to shoot him underhand because that's getting ridiculous. What do you guys think about Davey? What do you guys think about the suggestion of Uros adopting the Rick Berry granny style free throws? Dude, if you can make it, I don't care how you get it in the basket. Counts the same. So you can try. It. I'm trying to think of who the uh, former Louisville player was. That did that for several years. This was would have been within the last five or so. Still had a stint in the NBA. Worked for Ollie and Hoosiers. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot Fair of players don't want to do it because it look because they think it's embarrassing. But man, shooting free throws like that—that's embarrassing. I remember in the '90s there was a story about um, you know it was when 
the hack a shack was all the rage and he was shooting 50% from the line. And, um, Rick Barry gave an interview where he said that he had offered to to teach Shaq how to shoot the underhanded free throws. And of course, Rick Barry, I think is one of the greatest free throw shooters of all time. I think he made like 90% for his career shooting like that. And Shaq said he would rather, he would (laughs) rather miss and look cool than look like a dork and make his shots, which in my opinion was like a major turning point, not only in the NBA, but modern American sport, because that says a lot, not, not much of it. Good. Yeah. No, uh, no problem catching the L as long as you look cool doing it. Yeah. Oh man. So I don't know. I mean, there ain't much to say about it. Um, we got Vandy coming up. Um, we, we have the better team and stack and Stackhouse ain't beating us yet. So feel good about that. But if we, if we have that game against Missouri, we're, we're catching an L next week. Um, they're going to, we've got to have some kind of offensive efficiency that's better than what we've been putting on the floor. Cause if, if that game goes up against Missouri, if that game goes up against Alabama, I mean, we're losing both those games and it ain't going to be that close. Yeah. Well, the, you know, Missouri doesn't guard as well as Florida and Auburn does. So maybe that's, you know, it's a night game, 6 PM. Maybe we'll get a good crowd in there and the guys can see some shots go in and we can break out of this thing and start our run. Our run to destiny, Brad. <laughs> right on, man. I mean, I can't see how they can bitch too much about the uh, atmosphere inside of um, Thompson Bowling if that's the product that they're putting out there. But, I mean, that, that, that place is waiting for something to cheer for. We just got to give it to them. Yeah. That's part of it. I mean, we're reaching that point in the, in the show. Um, it, it's definite. The changes they made to this year with, with how everybody's – where everybody's at in the arena – has changed it. I mean, it was a zoo last year when Auburn rolled in. I haven't been to a game yet. I, I'm not. I know they've got the students behind both goals. To me, like that, I, I feel like that should make it better. But I keep hearing this criticism that the atmosphere is. They, have apparently they used to have students behind the opposing team's benches, right? Not any, no. not recently. Like, no, that's never been the case at Thompson Bowling. Yeah, they always it's, had them. It was just pro- that corner. It, it was that corner yeah. opposite Tennessee's bench was just uh, all students. Yeah, and then they they had the section for the the Rocky Top Rowdies, where you could just kind of sta- have standing room spots. Anything else, Brad? Nah, not much. Just uh, love you guys. You're doing a good job. And I think that um, going back to that underhanded thing one more time, if anyone said anything about it, Uros can just lay them right on their ass. So, I mean, that'd be a good excuse to bump around a little bit. But take it easy. Go Vols. And uh, hopefully we'll get a few Ws next week. We'll see. We haven't really dived into it. Did Uros deserve the technique? Uh, Yeah, I think he did because he did the too short thing. And the way they explained, it, if he was really looking at that guy, he's got to be smarter than that. He's got a target on his back, and you just stop doing stupid shit. You come in and you make a great play, and then it takes it all away by, you know, getting a technical. Just dumb. That's the kind of shit that gets you beat in March. Stuff like that. So, and he's like I said, you don't, you know, they're looking for stuff from him. With that being said, that uh, block where he about uh, uh, the 
Johnson kid acted like he'd been killed in the first time. Oh, the pick? That was reminiscent of C.J. Black on Ron Mercer back then. Yeah, in the it day. was. Did you happen to catch either of you guys the look on Plosvich's face when they came back from break and said it, it was just a good – it was just a good, clean play. I didn't see it, but I can imagine was, what his face looked you like. You tell he's wanting to smirk. He was starting to. He was just the beginnings of a smile. So, I love Urosh. He might be my favorite player on this team. I don't. I don't care. I know he's he does stupid crap and he can't shoot free throws and he's slow and lumbering. But uh, I love the the edge he brings. Oh. Yeah, he's definitely in. He'd definitely be in that in your starting foul time Tennessee uh, basketball tough guys. Have been there with who? Carlos Grove, C.J. Black, Tony Harris. No doubt. Do you think they should have made Katie Johnson go out after that play? As much as he's complaining about getting hit in the back of the head, and as much as they want to limit concussions and modern college athletics or just modern athletics in general. I think they should have taken the kid off the court. How how hard must Urosh's shoulders be that he thought he got elbowed in the back of the head? <laughs> it was I think it was like mid chest, wasn't it? I mean Katie Johnson's not that damn tall. I thought the back of his head hit hit Urosh right in the middle of his chest. Just I man. thought it was no, it was right on like the shoulder and like above the tricep kind of area. I imagine it it hurts pretty bad. So, but I, mean, I noticed that about it, it. It wasn't he was the worst, but man, those guys are floppers. I saw some people commenting on Twitter about you know referencing old Miss, but they just lay on the ground. Dude, dude get up. Nothing wrong with you. So. That being said, it was a pretty physical game. Yeah, it was. So it was fun. Let's get Rex in here. Add a little physicality to the voluntary reaction. What's up, Rex? Yeah, well, let's get physical. It's a good song. What, what was that? Olivia Hell yes, it was. Let me hear your body talk, Rex. <laughs> you guys are coming in really hot right now. Um, it's, let's keep it. Anyway, so... Uh, I'm a little disappointed about the game. Let's be honest. It was sad, you know, but, you know, just think about the conversations we're having though, right? Like we just beat Bruce Pearl and we're here complaining about it. And we're sad about beating Bruce Pearl. That's, that's where our program is. Our program is where we play Florida this week and we overlooked them and didn't try. That's wild. The expectations for Tennessee basketball have become so high. You're number two in the country this week, and everybody's wringing their hands and worried about things. It's because we've done everything already. We've won the regular season championship under Rick. We've won the SEC tournament under Rick. We've been to the Sweet 16 under Rick. And all anybody wants to do with this program is go further than they've gone before under Barnes. And every time the program loses like you're nobody's perfect nobody's going to go undefeated this year in college basketball we all look at the loss through the lens of what does it mean about march oh it means we're going to go home early again and so that's all it is man every game is like a harbinger of what's to come and when you lose it's like you've already lost in march and so 
every loss is like a season-ending loss at this point. Yeah, and get, basketball is a game of runs, and us getting hot or cold is no different than the other team, honestly, to be truthful. But if I were to channel my inner fill and also be truthful, I could say Purdue's probably going to lose today, and if we just took care of our business and beat a vastly inferior team, we would be number one. I, I disagree with that take. I think as long as Purdue plays a good second half, they will remain number one in the next poll that comes out. They've only got one loss on the season, and it'll be to an in-state rival on the road who is also ranked. Wet blanket Dave. This is the part, Rex, where Davey's going to start telling us things and talk. About- I think, D- Davey, you're higher than a Chinese spy balloon right now. I don't believe a word you say. <laughs> We'd be number one, Davey. They received, Purdue received all 62 votes in the last AP uh, poll to come out. So we would have had to sway a bunch of people. If number one lost and number two wins both games and it's reasonably close record-wise, they're going to move number two up to number one. Why you got to be like that, Dave? I'm kind of trying to make your dream not hurt as bad in reality. I'm the good yeah, guy here. That, okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. Are you saying that, say, Tennessee with a probably number 12 talent has outkicked the coverage and is it outperforming, Davey? I'll say this. If you had beaten Kentucky and you would have beaten Florida, you'd be number one. And you would deserve it. 100%. But it is just a statement of where the program is, right? Like, we are overperforming, and we're we're probably – our ceiling would – the f- absolute floor would be a three-seed in the NCAA tournament right now. That's that's crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, you had a couple of other teams. Uh, Texas is – well, it's not good that Kansas and Texas are losing. But, um, I mean, you kind of want those two teams to do well. But they both lost today. Or Texas might still be playing, but I think Kansas State's going to handle them. Um, Virginia lost today. That's another top 10 team. Alabama's up currently over LSU. I think Arizona plays later tonight. But, you know, just a lot of shakeup. And, I mean, it's it's college basketball. It's, uh, it's a week-to-week kind of thing. And there's always going to be a lot of movement around there. But right now, I, I'm with you. I, I don't see how, unless you just completely fall off, you get lower than the three seed. What would help this team the most would be to have a star. Because if they had a star like a, you know, Admiral kind of figure or like a Chris Lofton or something, and you just had like a star, you would feel better because they would be scoring points or there would be some story. Or if, if Barnes would lose it and, you know, flip somebody off or something like that. If you had a star, that would help. Because right now we have a great team, but we play a lot of defense. And there's not as much emotion. But if they had a superstar like a Nico. I think the sentiment around this team would be a lot more positive than it is. Here's here's something for you. Based off when you look at the the sum of the parts, I think you should, you could argue that Rick Barnes deserves to be national coach of the year this season. Yeah. But anyway, we'll let you guys go, but just go balls and I, I think we'll do okay and I would love it if uh if uh, they could get to the final four this year, I mean, it's going to be a flip of a coin. But hope you guys have a. If you guys have a, um, you should do a uh, watch party or something for the SEC tournament because we could win that. Yeah, Bridgestone this year. Yeah. Yes. 
on just make a little 10 mile ride over there. There you go. Davey will be our on-site correspondent. Thank you, Rex. Have yourself a wonderful evening, my friend. You too. Davey, do you guys ever have uh, Michael Chandler on the show, your show? Uh, we have not, no. You see where he's fighting Conor McGregor? Uh, nope, that is now news to me. He's a, he's a big Nashville guy. You guys ought to get him on. I'll uh, I got an interview. Way I can get his number, I'll I'll look into that. When's that fight? Uh, I don't know that they've announced a date. I just saw it scrolling across the bottom line on the worldwide sports leader. Oh, announced earlier today. Okay, I appreciate that information there, Russell. I do what I can to help my friends. Purdue's got it down to eleven. I think they're going to come back and win anyway. But going Great. to Rex's part about the, the star power, I mean, Purdue, they have Zach Eady. Alabama has Brandon Miller. Yeah. Who we got? It's a plethora of guys that could go off on any given night. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Like the Beatles. Let's get known dullard in here the pete best of our group what's up dullard? hey what's up fellas man is there anything better than an irate bruce pearl walking off the, the summit court with a sad look on his face is there anything better mm. yeah idiot kid flopping around acting like face <laughs> yeah I don't know. How about, maybe if Wendell Green, whatever the kid's name is, maybe if he doesn't flop all day, every day, he'll get calls like that. But he's a flopper. Known flopper. Mm. How about Bruce's transformation from when he was here, he was the sharpest dressed coach in the league. The suspenders, the orange jackets, the designer suits. He looked good. Now, at Auburn, he's the frumpiest looking coach. He's got the unkempt hair the beard is just not working for him he's gotten fat his shirt's untucked he just look he looks bad man it's it's kind of sad what's the big lebowski's buddy's name walter <laughs> yeah bruce looks like walter at he the bowling <laughs> <laughs> at one point the student started a bruce's sweaty chant today which was pretty awesome <laughs> that's good i like it okay that's good look i gotta clear up uh, not to well, actually, the the Twitter crowd who is known for being nothing but factual. But look, I was at school for Conzo's last year through Barnes's second year, and have been to every home basketball game since I got out of school. And Thompson Bowling Green is the same as it's literally ever been. Like, there's no, I don't understand. I think it's the same people that are just bitching about Barnes are also bitching about, oh, on TV, it doesn't sound like the stadium is any is like as loud as it usually is. So mm. I I just, I right? And, and those are contradictory things to be like, oh, the arena's not loud. The fans are bad. No, Barnes is bad. No, it's like, guys, chill out. Uh, yeah, again, I haven't been to a game yet this year, so I, I don't know. It, it does seem to me 
And I, I could be wrong. You know, microphones play a role in this sound mixing and stuff like that. So who knows? But to me, uh, it sounded it, it sounds like today and even the Texas game, the Kentucky game, like it, the atmosphere just wasn't popping the way it has been in years past in Thompson Bowling. So I don't know. I'd like to hear more about that from folks who well, have been there and can draw a direct comparison. I mean, first of all, the home schedule this year has has been weak, right? Like today was our third good game of the year at home after Kentucky and Texas. The Kentucky game, we played like absolute dog shit. And the crowd was exactly what you'd expect. And at Texas, the crowd was great. And today, honestly, I'm just glad that nobody got – I mean, I don't know. The, 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 the crowd, you'd have to give them – got to give the crowd props today for, like, what we endured in there. Um, yeah. I mean, it was loud in the last two minutes when it really counted. Because every time – UTAD not give everybody, like, a free Chick-fil-A sandwich or something, the people who actually sat through that. <laughs> I mean, a discount, a coupon – something i mean you guys survived many hardships those of you who are actually in the crowd this afternoon witnessing that spectacle usually you have an opportunity to redeem your ticket but it's uh contingent on the team doing something and i don't think missing 10 shots in a row is something where they're wanting to really advertise that you know usually the points are involved and uh with the lack of points it's probably hard to turn that that ticket in to, to get anything in return yeah, I, th- I think you got to hit five threes in the first half to get a free chicken sandwich. So I think we hit two threes the whole game. So that was uh, that was not going to happen. But guys, we're uh, we're going through some things. You know, we're we're going through some things, but um, we're going through some things the first week of February. So um, we we saw we saw what we can be. You know, the last few weeks before we've hit this slump. So we'll get out of it. We'll be all right. We're gonna kick some ass. See ya. Thank you, Deller. Appreciate you, my friend. Did you guys see that Wendell Green Jr. has tweeted? Yeah. Thomas sends us into us. He says, I respect all referees just like I respect all people, dot, dot, dot. But what could you possibly have been looking at? Crying face, uh, face palm emoji. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, guys that, and he, he's known for that. It's the same deal with Euros. If you're a guy that flops all the time, there's going to come a time, and it may have, it may not have been the right call. But when you do, when you flop all the time, you're setting yourself up for a no call like that. It's a good point. It's a good point, Bear. They're the team who cried wolf. Yeah. And just the cartoon-like way that he, he just threw his legs out like he was sitting. I mean, granted, uh, you know, Olivia Camois is a big dude. But he, like, yeah, it was like he hit a telephone pole. I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was like you know, Robbie Hummel's acting like, oh my God, it's the worst no call in the history of basketball. It's like, I've seen worse. <laughs> like, was it a foul? Yeah, probably. It wasn't just, it, it wasn't just a clear, obvious, oh my God, I can't believe he didn't call that. He, a, he had hands straight up. He did not leap forward into the guy. Um, like it, again, pro- was it a foul? Yeah, probably. Almost definitely. It wasn't like Olivier got away with absolute murder. Is that fair? I'm more than fair. You're being a lot more fair than I would be about it. I mean, it's just, it's kind of cause you see in basketball almost at every level all the damn time, man. 
And especially when guys are known for throwing their feet like he is. Billy Stats wants to jump in. He was at the game today and would like to uh, provide his assessment of the crowd atmosphere at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena. What's up, Billy? What's up, guys? How are y'all? <clears throat> Billy Willie. Doing well. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I was texting you. I, I don't know what who that guy was, the caller before me, but – and he, he does have a point. I would say the atmosphere is very similar to the Conzo era, but – if y'all remember, we had to we had to bring out the Conzo curtains when he was the coach here. Like the atmosphere, I, I'm not just bringing it back to Bruce because I, I I do love Bruce, but I don't think the atmosphere has been that great uh, other than Grant's last year where you went undefeated at home at TBA. It, it it's like uh, at times it certainly does get loud, but it's like the crowd isn't invested. Does that make sense? Like. They can get loud, but it's not like an invested college basketball atmosphere. What uh, what what needs to happen for that atmosphere to come back? I don't know, Russ. Like I, I, I I've actually been trying to make sense of it and and like think of all angles here. I don't know if it is the offensive thing. Like, this team is not built to be one of the best offensive teams in the nation. It is built to be – well, I don't even think it's built to be one of the best defensive teams in the nation. That's why I – you have not heard me criticize Rick Barnes at all this season. This is the best job he's ever done. Like, this team on paper should not be the best defensive team in the nation, but it is. And that's a lot of credit to him and and how those guys have bought in, but – I, I don't know if it's like Heifels actually came in and, and scored a lot of points and, and made football fun again. And then we get to a basketball team who's having a good season, is a pretty good team, but it's really boring to watch. Like a Wednesday night, nine o'clock game, like you're falling asleep watching this basketball team. I would, I guess if I'm trying to think of something to compare it to from a basketball standpoint where they're really good, but they don't exactly just have you super excited. A couple of years ago when Virginia, there was two years in a row, they were the one seed, you know, uh, first year they become the first team to ever lose to the 16 seed. But that was a team just built on defense that just wasn't really playing a style of offense that made you think, yeah, this is a lot of fun. And I remember talking to some of their fans that they're just like, yeah, it's like, this is, this is great that the team's been this good, but it's not exactly that exciting style of play. Another comparison maybe is just Tennessee fans have gotten content with the regular season. I know we've talked about that. And you look at Kentucky and how I, I talked to some of their fans that just they know the the old hairs have some of the better seats and it makes it to where that environment's not exactly a uh, place where teams are just like this is incredible. Yeah, no, those are great points. Now you get the refs. Those are great points, David. You get the refs, but that's about it. But I even the student section to me was just kind of, it, it was there. They did some good things, but I don't, to be honest, like they didn't impact the game at all. Like, it, I just, the whole, it did not feel like a Saturday in Thompson Mullen Arena against a team that you were ranked second with, like tied for second in the SEC standings, right? Like it just, it just felt really lame. I, and I don't know what you do, Russ. I know you opened that, uh, 
that con- this conversation with that question, but I, I don't know what you can do. Uh, it just it doesn't just it doesn't seem like the fans are invested enough to even care. Like I almost think like some of these fans would have just walked out today with a loss, and 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 it, it would have been okay. Just be like ah, well, all right, no big deal. I, well, what do you want him to do, Billy? Riot? Like break something? <laughs> well, Tear his teeth out and throw him down there on the court, set him on fire? I get upset when we lose, Russ. He's a fierce competitor, Billy Stats is. The the loudest I heard uh, Thompson Bowling Arena, no joke, was and it, it Davey, you kind of you kind of were starting to allude to this. And dare is it Euros? Dare, well, no, dare I make the dare I make the comparison to Alabama football? Right, like those fans almost come into the game knowing that they're going to win the game. It, have we gotten to that point with like Tennessee basketball? Because the the loudest I ever remember being in Thompson Bowling was some of those Chris Lofton days. But like when Tennessee beat Kansas, uh, when Skylar McBee banked in that three, and Ronaldo Woldridge was doing whatever he was doing. Uh, but but. Is, is it kind of like the underdog or versus like the favorite factor? You come in as a 10-point 10, 10 favorite. You're kind of expected to win this game. You have a top-10 program in the nation. It, it could be some of that. I don't know. Well, they've, they've lost one home game in two years, so yeah. it could be. It's just like, we're playing at home. We should win this game. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was just very underwhelmed. I don't know. It, it kind of sucks. I'm like – I'm a bigger basketball guy than a football guy, and and it just it doesn't seem like we have basketball fans. I don't know. All right, well, thanks for uh, chiming in, Davey. Keep the hope alive, my friend. This is the year yep. that it all comes together yep. for that's, Sir that's, Richard that's Billy Barnes. Yeah, but hey, and let the record show: Billy Stats hasn't been negative on Rick Barnes at all this season. I feel like this is a work. I, f- I feel like you're setting something up. You don't yeah. even believe that, Billy. You're... He doesn't have to set anything up. He just has to wait till March. Well, this has been a fun little three and pout reunion. I mean, Davey and Billy together on the airwaves again. When the show was at its best. Wow. Wow. Okay. I concur, Billy. <laughs> All right. Thank you, All right, Billy. Boys. I don't know if I go that far. I get Will in here. He's been hanging on for quite a while now. What's up, Will? Hey guys, uh, I won't I won't beat the dead horse on the crowd, but I thought Billy Stats hit it square on the nose. I think you if you want to wonder about why Thompson Bowling isn't electric and and it was not today. I think you have to put it squarely at the feet of the fans being just kind of apathetic towards the regular season. And um, maybe there's a little bit to the configuration of the student section, but ultimately it's just kind of like a lack of uh, excitement about the season in the regular season, in my opinion. I think, I don't think it's any one thing, right? I I think it's a couple of things. Uh, Talking to Billy, I do think style of play is a big one, a big factor because, you know, fans get excited for what slam dunks and made three pointers. Well, I don't think we had a dunk today. I can't remember any dunks and we oh, made we got two close. threes. We got close with that. Olivier, <laughs> foul. Olivier came close. He got fouled. He did go to the free throw. Fans aren't going to get fired up over free throws. You know I mean? So 
Like the only time on you, you get into it, you know, the, the technical was a big deal. Um, some of the flopping. And then right at the end, when you're trying to hang on for dear life, uh, crowd was into it. So, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta make some shots, man. You you go two of 18 from three point range. If you, you make five or six, which is not a lot of three pointers. Um, I think that's a lot more to cheer about. Very fair. Very fair. I want to go back to what, uh, Bear was talking about with Euros needing to be a little bit smarter. I agree, uh, but you kind of touched on it here. I thought that was that was the thing that originally kind of sparked the crowd because it was it was basically like a library until everybody thought he got hosed for the call. I mean, I didn't. You know, you can always tell better on TV, but certainly in the stands, it looked like he did basically nothing. Um, but I think that played a little bit into our hands, especially because they missed one of the free throws. Um, but. Anyway, uh, I think from a, a, a basketball standpoint, I'm curious if anybody has thoughts on this. Do you think the book is out to not double-team our bigs? Uh, I know Kentucky did not double-team our bigs, basically allowed Euros to get his. He did a great job putting the ball in the hole. Um, but I think they just refused. I didn't see any double-teaming tonight from Auburn. And it's almost like Olivier is kind of waiting for that second man and the, and the clock is ticking in his head, but there shouldn't be a clock. He should kind of gather and go up. Uh, do you think that maybe that's a, that's a scouting thing that teams have picked up on us? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that they just think be physical with him and, and he doesn't like that. He doesn't like to be, he's, he's a senior. He's going to have to, be used to that i thought there was one basket he made in the first half where he just you know powered around this guy and banked it off the glass and it was a great basket but he just misses too many shots man i mean it's not very uh, technical analysis but i mean how many point blank shots did he miss today um you, you got to make some of those. And if, if you do, it's, it's a different game. He's a different, he had nine points, you know, but he very, e- very easily could have, should have had 15 today, which probably if he does makes it a more comfortable win. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, Josiah had a really tough night behind the art, but we definitely don't win that game without his 14 rebounds. Uh, he was everywhere on the glass. He continues to play good D. It's not going to be one of those games you remember about his career at UT, but, uh, you know, he, he, he basically willed us to a, a top 25 win, albeit not an impressive one. Um, and then the last thing, I, I wanted, to, wanted to hear some thoughts just on the, uh, the inventor of the sport, the, the great strategy of one Bruce Pearl, uh, bleeding the clock down six with a minute. And then the end of game, we're talking about the foul, but what were they doing offensively? If you're an Auburn fan, you're going to have a hard time explaining how they found it in their postman's hands with three seconds on the clock. And he had to bail it off to Wendell Green for a 30-footer. He did get fouled, but uh, the play was horrible. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think uh... – that's how exactly how they drew it up, but damn it, it almost didn't work. Uh, they they were not very good offensively. I mean, I noticed that in the second half, 
there was a lot of just five out, nobody in the lane, and just standing there, just standing around, no cutters, no motion. It's like they were so baffled by Tennessee's defense, they quit, but just like were stunned into not doing anything. And so, yeah, to give credit to Tennessee, but also I thought that was pretty lousy offensive planning and execution by Auburn. I mean, they're not a very good offensive team, period. Who were they? Were they down a player today? I don't I know. I thought I saw something before the game that somebody wasn't going to play due to illness. I mean, I think all their main guys were out there. Look at this box. Yeah, I know uh, KD Johnson, I thought he was a – he was a big negative for them. I think he, I looked at the stats. He, he ended up a, a minus 10 for them. Um, he's a guy that, you know, I just don't think he's, he's progressed at all. He's gotten worse. I, I'd probably put him in that Xavier Wheeler category as a guy that um, should be better than he is. He, he's certainly aggressive and makes things happen, but he's a turnover waiting to happen and he does dumb stuff. He get he loses his man on defense. Um but yeah, I, I guess I'll I'll get out of here on this. It's a it's a W against a top twenty five SEC team, and I really don't think it has any larger impact on our season or outlook as a whole. Um, I just believe the law of averages is going to have some of those shots going in, but of course it it may bite us like it did in against Michigan. We'll see. All right, good stuff, Will. Appreciate it. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Hopefully uh, Tennessee can figure out a few things before tournament time this time around. Oh, boy. Here we go. Let's go out to the land of the free Fresno, California, where the CGP, Christopher Gabriel, is standing by. Chris, Hey, up? Russ. How's it going? Bear, Davey, and the gang, everybody hanging out. Um 66 degrees out here. Beautiful day, except for the two hours I watched Tennessee basketball. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't th know that I have anything to add that any, everybody else hasn't said. There's a couple things, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's a win, and that's good. Uh, one thing that I, I hear a lot of fans, and I, I read it on Twitter, and Russ, you and I have discussed this on your show before when I've come on. You know, a lot of folks like to use that Virginia comparison, and I just couldn't disagree with that more uh, because what that Virginia team that won the national title had that at least we have yet to show on a, on a night-in, night-out basis, Virginia had guys who could fill it up. I mean, they had pure shooters that didn't take 10 minutes off or a game off and so on. There's a, a good friend of mine who's actually in your room right now who said, you know, our defense, meaning Tennessee, our defense will keep us in every game, but our offense will shoot us out of it. And, I mean, to a certain extent, that's the way it's been lately. And I, as I was listening to different callers, I added up some numbers over the last couple of games. And you may have already given these numbers, so forgive me if I'm being repetitive. But our numbers from three against Florida and Auburn, seven for 46. And our shots from the field in the last two games, 36 for 131 and if you're a defense if you're a coach and you're about to play us what are you thinking russ i mean if you want to set up a defense you want to play zone because you're daring the vols to shoot over the zone and 
lately, not all year, because we've certainly had games where we have just shot lights out, certainly. And when we do that, we look like a team, when you add our defense in and getting out on transition, we look like a team that legitimately could go to the Final Four. But when we are in one of these prolonged funks, we, you know, a team might as well just dare us to shoot over them. So if they go to man, then what they're saying is, well, we don't think that you can beat us off the dribble. And the problem is, I look at a guy like Triple J. I, I, I love Josiah, but he's 6'6", 230, right? 235. The guy is unbelievably athletic, and he can certainly drain it from the arc. But I keep waiting for him to look to take guys off the dribble. There was one three that he took that he missed in the second half. And looking at it from the TV, it was on our side of the screen. And he had a wide open path to the bucket and you're talking about the crowd. I mean, I want to see Josiah Jordan James go to the hoop and go up and just rip it through the rim on somebody and, you know, get an and one, you know, practically bring the goal down. But instead he sits on the arc and is, is happy to take those shots. I don't know. I guess all I'm saying is I think a lot of times for all of our great defensive intensity and focus for all of our ability on the boards, which is there pretty much every night, except for the losses that we've had this year. Although Florida, we did out-rebound Florida. Our inconsistency on offense, every team's going to have that, right? We all know that. Every team's going to go in those stretches. I guess the concern we all probably have is, and I'm not breaking news with this, which team, when we get to the SEC tournament, when we get to March, which Tennessee team is going to show up? Because if we do, I mean, listen, we, we have a great record. We're going to, even with this loss, uh, loss, that <laughs> seems, seems like it was a loss, right? <laughs> uh, even with this win, no, yeah, no. right? We're, we're you know, we're going to be second, third. We're going to be right there. And this is a 19-win team right now. But you just wonder, which team is going to show up when we get on that first Thursday or Friday? And we are all going to be pacing the damn room if it's a team like we saw t- uh, today or uh, on Wednesday against Florida, Russ. Yeah, and it's like Barnes said after the last game, right? He said, like, Florida didn't do anything new to them. They did the same thing that Kentucky did and Michigan did last year and other teams have tried to do with varying degrees of success. What Auburn tried to do today, which is shut down the three-point line, make Tennessee's post players beat them, and we don't really have – uh, the guys who they, they just haven't shown they can do that no consistently. And and I, I was listening to uh, to uh, what Billy was saying earlier about the crowd. And now, admittedly, I have not been in TBA this year uh, for a couple of years for a game that I need to get to Knoxville more. I just need to move to Knoxville. That's what I need to do. Uh, but I, you know, on TV, and I mean, if anybody has ever, you know, we've all in our business, we understand how sound works. If you've ever been involved with a TV production, you know that a lot of arenas have arenas have. Mike's hanging. It's very well mic'd. A lot of places sound louder than others when, in fact, they might not be that way. But to what Billy was saying, I'll tell you, take it a step further. When I'm watching games from Neyland uh, or you're watching a game from the Swamp or a game from Cameron or uh, today at uh, Assembly Hall in Bloomington, you can really feel when that crowd is just raising the roof watching the Bama game this year. You just, you could feel it, right? The Alabama uh, UT, I don't know. Coming through the television today, and may, you know, maybe it's just the TV, maybe it's just the way TBA is mic'd. It just didn't sound like there was a whole lot of life in there. And I got to tell you, Russ, as a fan, and I, I'm not being flippant, when I, if I'm going to TBA, I'm not going there 
with my family saying, oh, man, I can't wait to see us force a couple of shot clock violations. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, uh, unfortunately, for better or for worse, the style of play that we employ is, yes, it's very difficult for teams to deal with. It's just, you know, it's just, at least for me, it's just not going to get me excited. And everybody just kind of seems like they're sitting on their hands waiting for something that, with this team, the way we generally attack offensively is Russ is just not something that we're going to do, and that's raise the roof on a regular basis. Well, I think it's just you, you shot twenty seven percent from the field today. And it was twenty nine percent, and like if you hit thirty eight percent of your shots, you know that's a couple more threes. Like I, that's just, I mean, uh, just a few more shots can make the difference as far as giving fans something to cheer for. I'm getting. You know, messages from people online. Uh, Day Day Ball says it's incredible. These quote fans weren't loud. Hasn't been loud since the Lofton days, folks. Do they actually attend the games? He says Texas was incredible last year against pretty much any SEC team. Was incredible. What was there to cheer about today? I think that's kind of what you're getting at, CG. And what we've been saying is like, if you just you got to give them something to cheer about. You know, I, I don't think fans. Uh, are going to sit there and you know, or, or be on their feet for two hours, yelp, ranting, and raving. Uh, th- this was a hard game yeah. to watch, man. I think we all felt that yeah. it was frustrating. It, it, this was, I and mean, this reminds me of, and I, I told a, a, another Vols fan this uh, in a text, it, and I'm, I'm going to get off because I know you have a lot of people that want to talk about it. This reminded me of the old, uh, not that I remember 1950s, but I remember seeing a lot of video, old videotape of Hank Iba teams. You know, old Oklahoma State teams where they would walk it up the court. Or this kind of felt like the days of the four-corner offense, even though there it wasn't a four-corner offense. <laughs> and it just, yeah. So I guess as we get to to March, you know, I'm hoping for the best. I, this team has a lot of talent. I'm I'm a Rick Barnes fan. Um, I love the way they play defense. I love the way they they crash the boards. I like the guys on this team. Uh, and I'm I'm just hoping that you know we can get over the hump and 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 get back and do something a little more significant. Maybe maybe this lull that we're in, Russ, and I'll close with this. Maybe this lull that we're in, it's hitting at the right time because we have a whole you know rest of this month and then an SEC tournament before we get into that first Thursday or Friday. Always a pleasure, my friend. Good to hear from you, CG. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon out west. I do love the gym at Indiana. That's that's a great college basketball. Yeah, yeah, it is. I just got fans just right on top of the floor, and they're into this one, man. Of course, when you're beating the number one team in the country, an in-state rival, um, that's naturally going to be a pretty charged-up atmosphere. Oh, for for sure. But did you see? Did you guys see the story about the Illinois students trying to buy their way into the Iowa game? Yes, I that was. That's pretty but awesome. I didn't see what the big what the deal with it was. They so, claim to be a nonprofit. Yeah, a bunch of uh, Illinois fans tried to buy a big block of a hundred or so tickets to the Iowa game at Iowa. They're going to go in there and take over. And uh, yeah, they, they they claimed the to be like a boys and girls club, a local boys and girls club in Iowa, and so uh, th- they had already. You know, they had already bought the tickets and then Iowa somehow found out about the scam. Shut it down. And shut it down. Yeah. Well, what they did, though, they they at least gave the tickets to like a local boys and girls club. And then I I guess you can kind of count this as a troll in a way. But then they even honored that boys and girls club and had those kids come out onto the court for like an ovation. 
Nice. So that game already happened? Yes. Who won? Good, couldn't tell you. <laughs> Big Ten basketball fever. Catch it. Hey, literally right now, Purdue versus Indiana is the only two ranked teams in the Big Ten right now. Two-point game. Who do you think's the best conference right now, Dave? You think it's the Big 12? Yeah. I mean, if you kind of look at – I know once conference plays happen, they've started to have a few teams slide down. But, I mean, that conference really is any given night kind of thing at the moment. I think the Big Ten will ultimately, with the way things have shifted, even though they don't have teams that have, uh, like, really high up in the polls, I think they'll probably get the most amount of teams in the tournament. But I think the Big 12 is the best conference at the moment. Star Child Vol is next. What's up, Star What's Child? What's up, guys? How's it going? Good. It's going good. I mean, obviously, it's a win. Um, you can't be mad at a win, right? <laughs> I don't know. We're testing that this afternoon. No, and I, I think it's, it, you know, from the past, uh, the people coming on and speaking, it's, it's easy to keep on piling on the crap. You know, it's it, to watch a performance like that uh, a few games in a row, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. And as a fan of basketball, I feel like I'm watching a woman's game. You know, like, I want to see, like, I think a few people touched on it. I want to see physicality. I want to see dunks in the paint. I want to see an aggressive offense. But I feel like the past two games now, the teams that have played us, one of which cleaned us, kind of figured out how to play our offense. And they're kind of forcing our, you know, if you can even call them shooters, to shoot four shots. I, I don't see Ziegler doing anything. Ziegler's shooting shot. I mean, towards the end of the game, when he, when he came back into the game, he's dribbling around doing what he does, and he goes to the right side and, and shoots between two defenders on his right leg. I'm like, you're not Steph Curry, dude. You know, there, we, don't have, we don't have shooters. We have guys who can potentially show up and shoot well, once every two games. We don't have shooters. Yeah, Ziggs, uh, Ziggs is in a bad slump. He's 6-31 of 31 in his last two games. Yeah. And, and, and good. And, and that's what it is. We just got a bunch of guys. We're in a, we're just in a really bad slump right now, shooting. Yeah, and, and I, was, I watched this interview of um, Coach K talking about what makes a player great or what makes you a good basketball player. Um, and he talked about Kobe Bryant in, in a game he played horrible. I think, I mean, it, I, don't, I don't know the exact stats of the game, but apparently, you know, Kobe didn't shoot that well. He was missing shots he should have made. And, you know, he finished the game, went, went back to the gym and shot over a thousand shots after the game. He didn't, you know, if you, if you play a bad game, you play a bad game. Everybody plays a bad game. But if you let it pile on and you don't have the mental toughness to go, all right, I need to be a better player. What do I got to do to be a better player? And it's embarrassing to watch that. It's embarrassing to watch the shots that are shot up. I mean, it's just half-assing, just throwing the ball up and, and triple coverage like they're, you know. And I'd love to see these players actually really actually try. And I just haven't seen it recently, as of late. I, I want to see these guys not let shots that they miss get in their head and continuously miss and miss and miss. You know, it, there is a fix. It's not like you're just, oh, we're just missing shots, I guess. You know, we'll eventually get on the, you know, the, we'll be making them again at some point, I guess. No, no, you get in the gym and you shoot shots. That's how you get better. 
I'm not saying you can't miss a shot, but it, you know, there's a simple fix to a majority of the misses. And a lot of these missed layups aren't going to touch. You can't miss a layup, man. That's embarrassing. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Well, I I guarantee you that they are in the gym getting those shots up. I mean, I I know for a fact these guys. Of course, in practice. Yeah. Extremely hard. So um, I don't know. I mean, there's this, you know, back and forth uh, one of the popular criticisms of Barnes has been he he wears his team down he works him too hard you know I mean what do you do do you do you take time off like I, do you do you tell everybody all right hey tomorrow's Sunday sleep in man get off your feet rehydrate go see a movie or something take a long nap in the afternoon as you get away from it take the day off and we'll we'll get ready for Vanderbilt on Monday or you know like you're saying do you do you get in the gym everybody shoot a thousand shots, you know, that kind of thing. Let's have a hard practice. Like, I don't know the answer to those well, no, questions. I, I don't think that it's everybody. I think you choose the people that are known to be shooters. Let's say shooters, because there aren't many on Tennessee's team. We have a lot of, you know, quote unquote talent. There may be some guys who can knock shots down, but the guys who really want to shoot and they get the ball in their hands a lot to shoot perimeter shots, go to the gym and shoot. You know, you're not going to get better doing, you know, I, I think. There they are. Starts out, yeah, this isn't a situation. I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not in the gym. I'm not, trust me, I'm not saying that they're not practicing. <laughs> I just don't see the effort, right? Like, it's it's not there. And there's no, there's no confidence. They're not shooting with confidence. They're not playing with confidence. No, I, I can't. I, just, I can't pull it. It's just it. sad to watch. You're, 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 you're wadding up and throwing a lot of stuff at them all at one time. I mean, I you know, parts of what. I agree with some of your points, you know, their, their confidence yeah. isn't, uh, doesn't appear to be what it, what it was, but I mean, that, that's, that's what happens with any team. If you've got a team that's in a shooting slump, that's how they fucking look, dude. They don't look confident in, in, yeah. in to, uh, you know, a lot of people, it, it might look, look like they're not really trying. I guarantee you that that's, that's not the case, but today they look like some of them look like they were in their head a little bit. They were missing open looks and, I mean, it's just, it's a classic shooting slump. So it also coincided, it starts out with playing two of the better three-point defending teams in the country. So you're going to, you know, and we haven't, we haven't played that tough, you know, our early season SEC slate, we knew that we, you know, we kind of had an easy start to the SEC schedule and we're moving into the meat of our schedule now and it's getting turned up. So no, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was I wasn't trying to say that it was a, you know, a full on just no effort. They don't practice. They don't, you know, that's not what I was trying to say. But um, clearly, that's not how any Division One team runs or runs a team. But um, you, like you're saying, there's some things to be said about the way Barnes coaches. And you know, obviously, we we're not in the coaching room. We're not in practice. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. Um, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be in TBA for the Bama game. Um, some students I know they're getting me in the student section, so it should be pretty fun. Um, hopefully we bring home a dub. I think I think TBA will be a little different um, in the Bama game. I have a feeling um, from the you know the the quietness. I guess people are saying it is, but good stuff, Starch. I appreciate yes, you jumping in here, my friend. Have a great evening. Let's get things rolling here. Elijah is next. What's up, Elijah? Elijah, you there? Hello? Elijah. 
Y'all got me? I hear you. All right. Um, I once got a couple things to say about the crowd noise. I've been going to the Rick Barnes tenure ever since he's been a coach. It was the best option to move uh, the student section behind the goal on both sides. I, I think that was the right move because in the corner, they would just sit down for a lot of those games. And I just think it's better overall. I think the place could be mic'd up better too. I just want to know what y'all think. Yeah, I mean, the more we have this conversation, like I can't imagine that having the students behind both baskets doesn't do anything but enhance the atmosphere down there and make it harder mm-hmm. to shoot free throws for the entire game, by the way. Um, I just, the more we talk about it, I'm just, I, I think style of play or not even style of play, success of play is the major factor, man. Hit a couple dunks, hit a couple threes. Fans will get Let's into play it, some, but you're not doing yeah. when 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 you're not doing any of that, it's going to be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, the other interesting yeah, points think... you bring up, I like, I'm really curious as far as you know, because we're just basing off TV and like how. mic up the student section better i was sitting there it was actually pretty loud from where i was sitting you know i was in the student section so i don't know how it comes out on tv but it's it was pretty loud there uh when we got on our run towards the end but yeah it's totally better that they moved it what the problem really is is having the students up in the upper deck we got to figure out a way to put them down lower maybe get them in the camera view but obviously danny white's not going to do that We have any uh, War Eagle Karen sightings or stories today? I don't. I don't think. So. Uh, Haven't heard her, any. I said her name a couple times. I let Stephen Pearl hear me. Jackie and Stevie. Are we sure Stephen is really Bruce's son? They don't look anything alike. I'm not implying anything. Thank you. I think he looks like his mama. What was her name? She had the alimony shop. Mrs. Pearl. Mrs. Pearl. <laughs> Bruce's wife. How's Brandy done? He's a fine girl. Is that the co-ed we ended up with? Good stuff, Elijah. Enjoy your evening, my friend. All right. I'll see you. All right. Thanks for chiming in. Hey, guys. Um, Jeffrey sent this in to us, but Ken Palm has updated their numbers as uh, as it relates to Tennessee's most recent game against Auburn. I bet I, our, our defensive numbers are probably pretty solid. We're still number one. We actually improved our adjusted defensive efficiency after today's game, but yeah. the offensive efficiency jumped. Adjusted offensive efficiency went from 41st in the country to 64th. Wow. And Jeffrey adds that this would be worse than all but one Final Four team since 2010. That would be the 2017 South Carolina team. And when I say they got lucky and just happened to get hot at the exact right moment, they did just that. Played out of their minds for two weekends straight, didn't they? Yep. But they had – they played defense like Tennessee does, and they had a go-to guy in Darius Thornwell – 
good point guard play in Devin Downey. And then they had a another five-star on that team. I can't remember his name. Is a tall, lanky kid who could play point. Kind of kind of a, a Josiah-esque player. Yeah. They had really clearly defined roles. And they've not done anything since. No, they haven't. And crazy Frank Martin is at UMass. That was the last time they made the tournament. That's crazy. You make the tournament, go to the Final Four, and then you can't even get back into the dance. So we've asked that question several times. I think we even asked it here. It's like, what would you rather be? South Carolina have had that moment in the sun in the Final Four and then suck for five years, or Tennessee where you're living in the tournament every single year, but you never make it like past the Sweet 16 or sometimes even make it out the first weekend. Yeah. I'm taking Tennessee every time. I'm sorry. I am too. Chris Silva was the big guy. That's what I was trying to think of. For South Chris Carolina. Silva. Yeah. Yep. They lost to Gonzaga, right, in the semifinal? Yes, and then Gonzaga lost to Is that that Villanova. Villanova years. Or maybe maybe they lost to North Carolina. No, they wouldn't have lost to North Carolina, I don't think. It might have been North Carolina. Was it was it Danny you were thinking of or was it PJ Dozier? PJ Dozier was the freshman, was a really good player. Joshy Boy is next. What's up, Josh? Joshy boy, Joshy boy, Joshy boy. We have a circle of death recipient. Let's check him. Yep. That was North Carolina's year. I guess Villanova was the next season. Or no, they were the year before that. Because Duke was 15, Nova was 16, North Carolina was 17. It's a great game we got going here. It's down to one. Indiana trying to take down number one under two minutes to play, clinging to a one-point lead. And this is the best way to watch a Dickie V game with the sound off. You ain't lying about that. Hey, Ross, he was calling this game. Try Jockey Boy again here. What's up, Josh? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I got you now, man. What's up? How are you guys doing? Doing all right. We won. Beat Bruce. Pearl. Yeah, we won. Okay. Bear, me and my friend were in TBA today for that game. Yes, sir. That, that was a pretty shitty game, even though Tennessee won. <laughs> what do you think about that game today, Bear? I enjoyed it, man. I love beating Bruce Pearl, especially the way it Bear ended on a bad it. call like that. Seeing Bruce just Bear, Bear likes it rough, Josh. Yeah, Boy, he's breaking out the whip, yeah, the, change, the nipple clamps, the whole nine yards. Yeah, he's fuck famous. Bruce. <laughs> okay. Hey Russell, tell us how you really feel, Josh. Russell. Oh, Russ, what do you really think about Bruce? I mean, I, it, it's a complex thing, man. It's mixed emotions, you know. He's the uh, he's the crazy ex-girlfriend who you had just 
great times with, but uh, she, you know, she burnt down your house and threw out all your possessions and, you know, and, and now she's dating like one of your former coworkers. It's weird. Yeah, it is. Davey, Actually, uh, I would hate a person like that, and I don't really hate Bruce Pearl. I, I don't I, either. I, I still, I, I love those six years, man. It's uh, so much fun. Those teams were so fun to watch. Uh, he was such a charismatic figure and leader for Tennessee fans to get behind. But he's not a coach anymore, man. He's not. No, a coach he's anymore. not. He coaches one of our rivals, and. Um, you know, he's, he's not rubbing it in or anything. You, you can tell he still loves us. So we should yeah, we you can can. still love him, but also love Rick Barnes a little bit more. Guys, what did you think about Josiah Jordan James's, uh, 14 points and, uh, 13 rebound performance today? I mean, it was a very inefficient way to lead us to victory so i'm glad he did it but i hope he can play i hope he can shoot it a little bit better in the future what what, what's your take on it josh it was a really ugly game and uh the vols were very fortunate to come out with a win against auburn today i really wish i would have took the under today in the game but i took the balls to cover but it's whatever you know what was the line it was like nine nine yeah it was tennessee by nine points minus nine well can't win them all joshy boy yeah davy uh what do you think about next week for the balls do you think they should go two and oh playing at bandy and missouri at home next Saturday? I, I mean, if, if you were to ask me that a week ago, I'd say yes. But after seeing these two offensive performances back-to-back, I can't with much confidence say I, I see this team going 2-0 and if what we've seen over the last five days continues uh, into this week. Um, I'm hoping it's not. they're not going to have to worry. I, I would view this as two home games. Um might even try to go on uh, Wednesday. Is that Wednesday or Tuesday we play Vandy? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. I might even try to, to make the trip after uh, after work and then do VR afterwards. But they're both those teams are going to give you a good game. I don't, I don't see us blowing either one of them out by any stretch. No. I mean, hell no. Just I'll win, know. baby. Just win, Al Davis. And you need to win those two because after that you get yeah. out of Kentucky, Texas A&M. So you got some some really tough opponents uh, coming up on the schedule after you have these two. Yeah, some uh, really tough three games after those two. And guys, out the door, after the game was over, Rick Barnes took his clipboard, turned that sumbitch sideways, and stuck it straight up Bruce Pearl's candy ass if you smell what the big Rick is cooking. Love it, Josh boy. How about that play bear, the Indiana point guard, just taking it straight to the rack, taking every second he could off the clock and giving his team a five-point lead over number one with 22 seconds left. This has been a fantastic Oh, it's game. been incredible. I kept zoning out watching it, so, yeah. How are the Dukies going to do tonight uh, when 
the tar holes invade Cameron, Davo. Uh, man, it's the it's confidence. Really, Listen to the confidence well, oozing from his voice. I, I don't like. Well, look at it like this way: North Carolina was the preseason number one team in the country. They're no longer ranked. Duke struggled, but they've at least got the claim of we got a first-year head coach who's still trying to figure it out. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't have a feel whether or not um, Duke or Carolina is going to come out with a victory, but I'm, I'm excited to watch it and see uh, how John Shire gets his uh, tenure started with this one, getting uh, what will be hopefully a, a long career ahead for him against uh, North Carolina. What are your thoughts on lowly Everton, a proud club caught in a relegation fight, taking down top of the league Arsenal with their new caretaker manager, Sean Dyche, 1-0 earlier today at Goodison Park? I'm glad you asked. I didn't know if we were going to get to that or not. Um, You know, anytime you can have chaos come about, I think it's good for any sport. Liverpool loses 3-0 to Wolves today, Bear. Three scoreless matches in a row for the Reds. They don't have any offense. They need to hire Josh Heupel as an offensive consultant, too. They need to score some points, that's for sure. We about to see a court storming? I don't know, you think? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. In-state rival, number one team in the country. Unless Zach Eady can just absolutely go to town right here, which he's made it a one-possession game. Are you, you guys surprised? are probably a little ahead of me. Yeah, I'm a little ahead. Are you surprised that um, Florida didn't storm the court when they took down number two earlier this week? I heard that uh, they were pretty adamant with the arena security and what was being said in the uh, building about what would happen if you do. Try to storm the court. Sh- the cops were going to shoot to kill. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think later going to uh, jail. Did they redo the O Dome? They did a couple years ago. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm not. Big on sports I saw some Florida reporter had a tweet about how he was glad the Florida fans didn't storm the court because a team that has. Uh, two national championships and three Final Fours should not storm the court against a team that's never been to the Final Four. It kind of stung, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I'd ask him back, you know. National championship teams, I don't remember us losing to them, did we? Florida's just living in the past. Matt, damn, they are good Jethro Tolson. How many years has it been now since their last one? Oh, eight? Yeah. Going on 15 years? Bear, this is a very pathetic conversation. Don't do this. Not like this. We 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 can't do this. No, no, we can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Indiana does have. I'm, they were just showing this crowd shot. That is a really unique place. Great basketball gym. Yeah. How many people fit in there? I think it's like fifteen thousand or so. But those big, like, flat walls at the end are cool. Yeah. Balcony. It's loud as hell. And the way they have the, the banners at the end on the on those big walls kind of makes it look like some sort of... A house that Bobby built. 
Yeah. I was about to say it looked like some sort of uh, World War II German house of whatever. Easy. And they had good architecture. Everything else about it was crap. Just going to get off this subject. Justin Hanna is next. What's up, Justin? What is going on, guys? Oh, man. Uh, just wrapping up. Voluntary reaction. Taking down Bruce Pearl and Auburn's. That, that Pretty game, good day, all considering. That game was rough. I mean, I, I was... I was at a birthday party for most of it. And, I mean, just, I thought my phone had quit updating after the first half, and I saw it. <laughs> you thought you were stuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, good God. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that looked like we were playing with peach baskets. That's the kind of scores I had back then. So, it was just, I mean, oof, that was rough. But, I mean, like I said, yeah, I mean, props to them. They went in there, and they kicked Bruce's ass. And I didn't think they had it in him after after Wednesday night. And I know I wasn't the only one who thought that. So, you gotta win these next two, though, because after next Saturday, it gets rough as shit for about three, for about ten days. Yeah, they, they gutted it out and uh, got the W as, it's a final now! Indiana has taken down number one, Purdue, 79-74, and they're on the floor. Get out of there, Zach Eady. Get out of there safely. We don't want an incident. Sure, they got Indiana eight rushing the floor. Oh yeah. What the hell? They're a blue blood. I don't know, man. I mean, they're they're kind of like our football program. You know, they just went away yeah. for like self-imposed exile for oh, the past. First went over number one in nine years. Oh, wow. But they they had that one sit when Knight got fired and Mike Davis got them to the Final Four. That was I want to say two thousand two. Maybe when they lost to Juan Dixon and that uh, Maryland team in the Final Four. Yeah, that was my senior year of high school. So I, it was my senior year of college. <laughs> now that we know our ages and everything, years. So, I mean, I'm in my late thirties, so to me, Indiana's a boy blood should be stormed the court. It's just you know, that's my opinion. So I, uh, I mean, and they well, they they got the NBA guy there as coach there. What Woodson? Yeah, yeah, he. he yeah. Mike, pretty good job. So, eh. I mean, they're they're doing good this year. They um, like well, they're, they're what top five of the Big Ten, I guess. So I mean, was it like who's the best team with Purdue? I know there's Purdue. What who's the second best team with that Big Ten this year? It seems like they're Indiana. you know kind of Indiana is right now. Yeah, okay. Because it seems like they're kind of down. It's like Michigan's not very good this year. And I don't know who else is good in that conference. Besides those two. I, uh, we, we may actually run into a shitty Big Ten team in the tournament if we make it to them. And, I'm already dreading that. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I don't want any... I, I'm tired of seeing the fucking Big Ten in March. Like, give me a Sunbelt team in the second round. Or someone, you know, that's not as good, so... Fuck, they gave us Loyola Chicago one year, and we couldn't get past that. Well, that's true. I, you know. Well, you got to bring that up, Dave. Yeah. We have a, a buddy of ours got in trouble over that, Davey, and everything Cody else. McClure almost got canceled. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, and that, and that brawl's still living, so. 
Whoa. Count it like it is. I mean, she, I mean, they, she's got to be what, like 112 at this point. It's somebody's daughter, Justin. Man, was, I mean, I'm just somebody's like, daughter. Look, I'm just saying she's passed her sale by date. <laughs> now, granted, her mother was mother was born when uh, they were still churning butter by hand, but that's somebody's daughter. Hell, her mom was a waitress at the Last Supper, Russ. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, like I, said, I just want to holler at y'all real quick. Like I said I, I meant the birthday party. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the replay. Should I watch the replay of the game here in a little bit, or should I just burn the film? Uh, maybe get like the last five minutes, and they'll sum it up really well for you. <laughs> well, like I, said, I was gonna get in and holler at y'all. I'm gonna get ready for dinner and everything. I'll talk to y'all later on. That sounds like a good plan, Justin. Let's wrap this puppy up, Davey Bear. Any parting thoughts before we get out of here and uh, let Dave? Uh, getting in, in his Duke pajamas to watch the uh, battle of what do they call this? Uh, tobacco Road, something tobacco like road, that. Man, yep. uh, not much, just hope that we can work our way out of our slump. Um, it, the road just continues. We got a not quite, you know, we go to Vanderbilt, we got Mizzou, but then after that, it's it's we're grinding for the rest of the rest of the way from there and ended up with. What I guarantee will be an incredibly hostile environment down there on the plains, and we finish out the season against these guys. So, you know they're they're they're, they're pissed about this one because of the no call. But a lot of basketball to be played. Yep. Between now and then, we got Vandy Wednesday night in Davies Neck of the Woods. That'll be a seven p.m. tip, so we'll be here with you around nine. Yeah, I'm looking Wednesday up tickets night. right now. Let's see what we're doing. Tickets as low as 61. I could probably move down pretty pretty quickly if you ask me. Mizzou, a week from tonight, it'll be a 6 p.m. tip. Hopefully that'll be a more offensive affair than we saw today. And then coming up here in 11 days, Wednesday night home game against Alabama with major SEC championship implications. Oof. What, you don't feel good about that? No, not right now. They're playing really good basketball, Russ. What do you mean? They got their ass kicked like seven days ago by they Oklahoma. Followed, they followed up with a 58-point win. I figured after we would get beat like we did against Florida, we'd come back and, I don't know, maybe get like a 20-point win, not eke it out and not get above 50. Uh, the streak continues, though, his – not getting beat twice in a row. He's got some, Rick Sorry, Barnes doesn't I, I didn't lose twice in a row. Sad note. Uh, that was that was that was low. I I, I apologize. Rick Barnes does not lose back to back games. Doesn't happen. So, uh, we got let's let's take care of Andy first. Big rivalry game. I think they're going to play us tough, probably, even though they did get beat by half a hundred the other night by Alabama. So uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Davey, Bear, appreciate you guys. Do it again, Go Tar Holes. Uh.